Got plans for the weekend? Getting together with family and friends? Doing some yard work? Getting some spring cleaning done? Spending some time outdoors? Catching up on some emails? Doing some homework? You know, with all these things, it might just be that God has some suggestions as to what you should do as well. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome to The Inner Life. So glad you're joining us for this hour of spiritual direction. My name is Patrick Conley, and here's something about me. I like the feel of Thursday, don't you? Yeah, we're through the bulk of the work week, and the weekend is now coming into clearer focus. And it's often on Thursdays that I start getting things ready in order to have a restful and restorative and, yes, sometimes productive weekend. Now, I indicated that God might have some suggestions as to how you should spend your weekend. Sure, many will say, he wants you to go to Sunday Mass. Well, yes, that's a non-negotiable. But he has some other suggestions as well, suggestions on how to use your leisure time in ways that contribute to your own well-being, your physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being. That's our topic today here on The Inner Life, Leisure and Living Well. Here to help us out in our conversation is our spiritual director for the hour. Joining us for the first time is Sister Maximilian Marie Gerritsen, a Dominican sister of Mary, Mother of the Eucharist in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Sister Maximilian Marie is a theology teacher and the director of culture and mission at Bishop Louis Riker Catholic School in Waco, Texas. Sister, welcome. So glad to have you with us. Hello. Good morning, Patrick. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. It's our pleasure, absolutely. Well, since this is your first time on the program, sister, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh, certainly. Um, Twenty, maybe more like twenty-two years ago, I entered the Dominican Sisters of Mary, Mother of the Eucharist, in Ann Arbor, Michigan. So that was two thousand one. Um, if, if my math is right, it was twenty-two years. And um, but prior to that, um, I was born and raised in Central Oregon. Um, and in a family of uh, one of six, uh, three boys, three girls, and I'm right in the middle. Um, so that middle child syndrome hit me hard, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, then navigated through that though, just, um, Catholic school, um, up to sixth grade and then, then public school, um, always wanted to be a wife and a mother. And i um, just had this huge capacity in my heart. Um, loved children, you know, and um, and boys. So, um, uh, but our Lord captured my heart at World Youth Day in 2000, really by surprise. Um, religious life was not on my radar, but it just became clear to me that um, no one would satisfy this heart of mine um, like Jesus Himself, the King, the Spouse, and um, and uh, an immediate family. Um, even you know eight. 12 kids probably wouldn't satisfy this heart as well. You know, just the spiritual mother, the, the um, dimension, that universal dimension of spiritual motherhood of religious life, mm. that too took me by surprise. I had no idea that was a thing, right? Yes. And so um, uh, how, uh, I didn't respond to that call immediately. That's kind of another story, but um but really through um, the rosary and um, just through 
some different encounters that God put in my life in the next like 48 hours after knowing that he was calling me was with peace and joy, able to say yes, and just knew that it was a perfect fit. Um, and so since entering, of course, there's the, the, the precious novitiate years and, um, and temporary professed years uh, during which I was at Ann Arbor, um, our mother house there, but then on different teaching missions. So in California and then four years in Rome. And now this is my third year here in Texas. Wow. So. Yeah. Very good. Well, in, and still proving true that whenever the Lord calls, he, he makes good use of us when we say yes. Right. Oh, <laughs> right. Right. And it's just, you know, it's such, it's such a blessing. You, you give, um, you get so much more, you know, back, you know, I guess that's what I was always kind of like immediately. I was like, Oh no, <laughs> you know, cause you start counting the cost. Right. And, you know, a whole lifetime of what you thought would make you happy. Um, it's just has a different dimension now. Sure. It's still the same things, but it's just a different lens. And, yeah. um, and so he, he knows he's got the plan and he made it absolutely clear with me. Like some, it had to be very, um, yeah, kind of like a two by four, you know, uh, over the head for me. So Right. Right. Absolutely. Well, we're grateful that you're with us. Our spiritual director for today is Sister Maximin Marie Gerritsen. She is a Dominican sister of Mary, Mother of the Eucharist there in Ann Arbor, Michigan, currently serving in Waco, Texas. And we are talking about leisure and living well. And sister, when I think of leisure, when I think of uh, that whole idea of Sabbath, of course, the first thing that pops to mind is God resting on the Sabbath day, right? Genesis 2, we're talking about the seventh day, God finishes work, he rested on the seventh day, and he blessed the seventh day, hallowed it, because he rested from all his work. And, I mean, the obvious thing is, God doesn't need to rest. So what's going on in this passage, sister? Right, right. Well, I I think just a few ways to think about that passage, um, Genesis 2, 1 through 3. I don't know, the first thing that, that I think we can note is, that this is before the fall. So there's this, um, you know, if you want to say work, you know, God is creating. Um, and so, you know, work isn't a bad thing. You know, obviously after the fall, there's the toil and the sweat of your brow. And we, we very much experience that. But, um, but I think, um, What's interesting, too, is that um, I was just reading in Scripture the other day, and I think it was just a note in my New Jerusalem Bible, that the word Sabbath is actually not used by the author here in Genesis. Um, Like, it's the the commandment for the Sabbath, you know, it's not till later on Mount Sinai, but already, you know, God is is putting in the order of things, um, in the order of creation itself, um, rest, Right. And I guess if you if you think about um, eternal rest, eternal rest um, for all eternity, we will be resting in God. Um, and you know, one might argue it's the you know it's the the greatest form of 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 leisure, right? And that's what all of this is ordered ordered toward. Um, so yeah, and it's it's interesting. Like it, it's not until. Um, I mean, just to bring up another scripture passage in Exodus, Exodus three sixteen through 20, 
and I believe Benedict XVI, you know, notes this, but the whole purpose for the Israelites being liberated, obviously, you know, they don't want to be enslaved, right? And then the conditions are awful, but ultimately the, the, um, the reason is for worship, you know, so God intervenes and the question that is brought to Pharaoh is, you know, let us go through three days in order to worship. Right. And so it's that important. And then again, it doesn't come up so later that it actually becomes a commandment, but it's just how we're made. We're made for resting in the Lord. Yeah. Very good. Well, it's since we're using the term leisure around this, I mean, when I think of leisure, uh, sometimes I think of something that's restful, although sometimes it can be something that's more maybe just entertainment. And I think there's a discrepancy there, if I'm not wrong, between something that is truly restful and restorative, rejuvenating, and then something that's merely just entertainment as well. So I guess let's start with the definition of leisure. How should we as Catholics approach that term? Oh, I know. I I think it's so interesting because I, I think, first of all, it's really hard to get your arms around um, a definition of leisure, leisure. And, you know, if I was a little more prepared, you know, I could give like a, a book definition and maybe one of the listener, listeners have a nice, distinct one. But I think a lot of times we see the effects of leisure and that helps us to define leisure. So, you know, leisure, it's, it's almost like there's, you're, you're creating, you're creating a condition, um, circumstances. It's a, it's an attitude where you can receive, you know, reality around you. And I don't know, I think examples work, work well. In this case, like the other day I was um, with the help of um, a few of the sisters, we were giving a, a retreat, so leisure, right, for like a retreat slash work day for our a few of our teachers. And we were rushing, 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 rushing all around the convent, you know, and we got to do this. We got to get this ready. We got to do this. And all of, you know, I said to one of the sisters and, and actually one of the themes of the of the um, of the workday or of the retreat was was leisure because it has to do with some of these classes we're teaching and i'm like it just feels really ridiculous (laughs) rushing around you know in order to um you know give this talk or this reflection on leisure i'm like i just feel like i i've things upside down and you know sister was really wise she said you know it's she says i it's okay because it's what are the end what's the end we're doing this for leisure. And so I think when we're defining leisure, I think Aristotle's definition is, you know, we work in order to have leisure, right? Mm. And, um, and so we're, we're kind of creating, it's whatever creates an atmosphere or an attitude where we can receive with wonder and awe, the beauty and the goodness and the truth that's right in front of us all day long, every day. Yeah, I love that. I love that. That is a focus of leisure. We're speaking today about leisure and living well here on The Inner Life with our spiritual director, Sister Maximilian Marie Gerritsen, and she is leading us through this discussion of leisure. Do you take time for leisure? Do you actually make plans for that in your schedule? Are rest and relaxation good for your mind, body, and soul? How about when you go on vacation? Do you take time to pray, to spend time in worship there? Why or why not? And how does it affect your spiritual life? Give us a call and tell us how leisure boosts your own spiritual life. 
888-914-9149 is our telephone number, 888-914-9149. Again, uh, and if you'd like to send us an email, you can do that at innerlife at relevantradio.com. Well, sister, as I'm as I'm contemplating leisure, and I want to go back to to something again, is that you were you were giving us the impression you were helping us to understand that leisure is there so that we can we can enter into reality of things. And I think oftentimes, again, when as a society we think of leisure, we may be thinking of something that's more perhaps escape. So, in other words, mm. we're escaping from the everyday uh, work you know, the grind, as it were, of the everyday work week, and we're escaping into whatever it might be. You know, it might be video games, it might be a movie or a television show or a whole host of things, some more wholesome than others, I suppose. But there's a difference to be made, I guess, there between leisure, which leads us more into reality of things, and escape, which actually removes us from reality of things, yeah? Yes, yes, absolutely. I think... um I think, you know, just another, another example, like, I guess, you know, growing up and I actually saw a, um, a change in my own life, even as a teenager. Um, and this is before cell phones and computers and, um, believe me, there's, there was plenty of, of, um, distractions for me. I mean, I, like I had three jobs. I mean, talk about a workaholic, you know, but, um, but there was this interesting divide for me when I actually got, um, got a car. So that's a machine, right? But before that, it was kind of like your home. And what do you do? It was, you're just watching TV, you know? So I had my whole lineup um, of TV (laughs) shows I would watch. Right. And so it's kind of like that. There's that certain kind of boredom or apathy, you know, we would call it maybe acedia, but, um, there's plenty of things to do and to see and to learn, but you're choosing, you know, to watch TV. And I had a lot of friends and everything, but, you know, we just had the, the landline with the cord still plugged into the wall, you know, so you talk on the phone, but you yep. couldn't get to one. Another. Once I got a car, though, you know, a whole other world opened up, you know, um, deepening friendships, you know, the freedom to, to go places, um, and I can't say I, I did that to go on, you know, beautiful hikes and things like that, but I, at least I was not in front of the TV. And one day, I think I was going from, you know, probably from one job to the next or from one activity to another, but I was in my car and, and I, I would bet you it was silent and I wasn't messing with the cassette, you know, player <laughs> with my tape. <laughs> right. But, um, I, I think that I just, I don't remember the details, but I remember there being a certain conditions in my car where all of a sudden I, I turned around the bend of this, um, it's called Pilot Butte. It's this small, you know, mound of volcanic rock, a little mountain. As I, as I drove around it, oh my goodness, I was completely arrested by the, the Cascade Mountain Range. I was probably 16, 17 year old. 17 years old. And it was as if I'd never seen the the mountains before. This is the same mountains. I, you know, I'm a 45 minute drive from them. They're that they're always in the skyline. Right. But there was just something there where I actually saw the reality behind them, like meaning the beauty. And um, it just, I think we all have those moments of beauty and, um, and, but you need the conditions 
I think, in order to actually see them and, and to receive them. Yeah, yeah, that's very good. We're getting into the nitty-gritty of what makes leisure true leisure that God has intended for us and to be rested, to be rejuvenated, and to be, uh, yeah, made anew, made afresh uh, in His image and likeness. And we've got a phone call coming in. Let's go now to Doug, who's calling in from Chicago. Doug, thanks for calling The Inner Life. Hi, I uh, just turned on your program, and I apologize if you've already covered this, but it's been many years since I I picked up Joseph Pieper's uh, Leisure, The Basis of Culture. But uh, he, in that book, he distinguished uh, between um, uh, not working, which is essentially free time, and leisure, which is contemplation. And it's not just, for me, I could only equate it with, with what the, the leisure that comes through steady reading. Um, but I, I just would like to hear you, if you haven't already covered this, say a few words distinguishing What's the difference between leisure and free time and not simply not working? Right, right. I think, yes, so leisure, the basis of a culture, if, if there's one book that I think is um, the read for this topic, it would be Peeper's um, Leisure, Basis of Culture. And I know for myself, I've probably read it um, two times thoroughly and and probably will do you know keep reading it the rest of my life it's one of those you just unpack and it makes more sense with experience and everything and then also his um only the lover sings um on art and contemplation and i think yeah so he goes into this this difference between um spare time and and um work and so it's almost like even when we say like free time or spare time, we're saying that it's basically we're defining things with work as the central um, theme here, right? Work and not work. Um, and so, you know, it'd be like we, we have free time in order to work. Um, so it's turning things. So it's really the mentality and then also how we fill that free time or spare time. It's um, the conditions that make it um, kind of a state of, you know, of being where it's all about the work, whereas like in true human flourishing, we work in order to have the leisure. Um, and, and he brings up the point, too, like we would actually call it a holiday, right? A holy day. And then later, like the ultimate, you know, um, rest and leisure the ultimate holiday, you know, it is that Sabbath. Um, and to really just even from a human, the human dimension, we need, we need that day of rest. And then you bring, you know, the, the awesome topic of worship into it and it all makes even more sense. Um, but another example. Um, so I, I guess I've, I've learned to love to garden. Um, it does. It just helps me to stay in reality, you know, so I'm a full-time teacher and it's really busy. You know, I, I don't, I don't know if there's anyone more busy than a Dominican sister, right? Um, you would think, you know, we live this life of contemplation, but then we have this full-time teaching that this, um, but then on top of that, we have this zeal for souls. So there, there's never a, an end to, um, to the preparation, the study, the prayer, and even parts of that, the, the prayer, the contemplation, the study, it's the leisure embedded in our very life and, and threaded through and bleeds into our work. But so gardening, though, is just kind of another dimension. And 
um, it's good for me because it gets me away from the computer and it gets me outside. Um, and the plants will die if I don't get out there. Right? <laughs> the weeds will take over if I don't get out there. So I almost have there are lives at stake here, sister. That's what you're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, but but so Saturdays are are sometimes the busiest day of the week for me because that's the only time I can get out there and put the donated plants in the ground and you know, make things nice. But I, I have to say, in the backdrop of my mind, you know, you're, I'm working really hard, but in the backdrop of my mind, I'm working toward this this um, leisure, this attitude that, you know, the sisters are going to come out here and they're going to be able to just really enjoy that three-minute cup of coffee while looking at, you know, this beautiful creation. Um, or, you know, tomorrow, for example, we have a retreat Sunday every month embedded in our schedule. And it's a time of silence and extra prayer, prayer or, you know, rest, whatever the sister needs. But so this Saturday, I'm going to work extra hard so that we can really enjoy and um, kind of the perfection of that, that rest yeah. and that leisure. You know, we're body and soul and, and these exterior things, you know, can help us. Um, yeah. to really enter into to reality. I hope, I'm, I'm not sure I, I, if I answered your question directly, but um, yeah, I think well, people would be the best answer. <laughs> it sounds to me that um, in response to Doug's question and in response to everything we're talking about, it has a lot to do with intentionality. And we'll, we'll get into that. We need to take a short break, but we're talking about right. leisure and living well with our spiritual director, Sister Maximilian Marie Gerritsen. And uh, if you have a, a particular way that you have, or if you have a particular activity that does bring to you life, that brings you joy as a way into leisure, we'd love to know what that is. What brings you life and joy in your leisure time? 888-914-9149 or send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. More to come with The Inner Life. We'll be back right after this. If you are in the market for health insurance, our sponsor, the Catholic Order of Foresters, is here to help you and your family find the most cost-effective health plan. Learn more at relevantradio.com slash Forrester. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio, relevantradio.com and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Patrick Conley. We're talking today about leisure and living well with our spiritual director, Sister Maximilian Marie Gerritsen, who's a Dominican sister of the of Mary, Mother of the Eucharist in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and also a theology teacher and director of culture and mission at Bishop Louis Rico Catholic High School in Waco, Texas. And uh, Sister, you mentioned in our our for our caller Doug mentioned as well uh, this work by Joseph Pieper, Leisure, the Basis of Culture. Um, I know that uh, I, too, have a recommendation to one of the things that really touched me was a book by a guy named mm-hmm. Michael Naughton called Getting Work mm-hmm. Right, Labor and Leisure in a Fragmented World, um, which is very good. And I understand you have uh, you have a recommendation, too, on understanding the difference between entertainment and leisure. Yes. Is that right? I do. And it's so funny because I actually ended up, I was looking through my notes. I'm like, oh, I've got two, definitely. Um, and it's Michael Naughton. And so I have him. But actually, I didn't know about his book. Thank you for the, rec- the recommendation. Um, but I was going through my notes. Um, so he's, he's um, out of Minnesota, right, at St. Thomas, University yeah. of St. Thomas. That's right. And um, But I, um, you know, he has leisure defined. And I just had to throw that out because um, – Leisure is an attitude of mind and a condition of the soul that fosters a capacity to receive the reality of the world. Mm-hmm. 
And so anyways, yeah, so he's, he's got some great stuff online too. Um, thank you, um, Professor Naughton. And, but then also this series of, um, a series of articles by John Cudaback. Um, and one of those articles is on the difference between leisure and amusement. Um, you brought that, that, um, distinction up and, but he just has a wonderful, they're like one or two pages. They're from like the COVID. I think it was from the COVID year. So it was like mm. the perfect topic. Um, here we have all this time on our hands. And um, that did not go so well for so many people because of, of this, um, this topic, you know, not understanding leisure. But like for one, one article, is yet again, the difference between leisure and amusement. And, you know, he starts off by quoting leisure is better than work. And is its end, and therefore the question must be asked, what ought we to do when at leisure? Clearly, we ought not to be amusing ourselves, for then amusement would be the end of life. So that's Aristotle. And so he kind of goes into that, but also a topic on just the leisure question, fostering leisure, um, education and leisure, and then leisure starts at home. So a great little series. Wonderful. All kinds of recommendations. We'll make sure that those get posted in our show notes as well uh, over at relevantradio.com. And uh, these are these are great resources to helping us to understand leisure better um, from our from our the perspective of our Catholic faith. And, uh, you know, it's it's winding up the school year. Many kids are getting close to the end of the year if they're not already out. And, and of course, that casts minds to summer vacation as well. And that's one thing that we tend to be pretty intentional about, at least taking vacations, um, if not the whole of summer vacation. But, uh, you know, if we're making our travel plans and everything. We're going to go here. We're going to do this. We're going to see that, all that sort of thing. So I guess uh, my next question, sister, is what can we do in terms of, of our summer vacations, or at least the vacations that we take, perhaps as a family, in order to make sure that good leisure, as we've been defining it, is part of that. Right. I think that's a really challenging topic, because I guess I'm kind of thinking, like, if you have high school students or middle school students, and they've already gone down the road of, um, I'm just seeing so much of the technology just swallowing up um, so many so many opportunities and once once um, you go down that road where it just becomes um, so much a part ingrained in their everyday life it's hard to extract from that situation um, of just constantly needing to be on the phone and um, everything that comes with it so I think it's really difficult and every family has a different situation but ideally um, like, uh, I guess part of it, part of what you need to balance is, um, the kids can feel punished, right? Like if you want to take away the phone or take away this or that, um, but at the same time, it's, there's not the habits where, um, it really is an addiction, um, m- much of the time. And so I, I don't, that is something that's really hard to, to navigate, I think, but, um, I think ideally, like in terms of the sisters, when we when we go on a little getaway or um, or you know, we're, we're planning travels, it often looks more like a, a pilgrimage. But in our mind, it's like, oh, now we have more time, you know, for yeah. that 
that prayer and that contemplation. We have more time for silence. We have um, an opportunity to go visit this shrine and spend some time, you know, looking at art. Um, and so, I, again, I think it's that attitude, the mentality um, of, you know, what makes a holiday a holiday. Yeah. And is it just filling it with more activities? And again, like it's super challenging and I don't know the answer, but um, I, I'd love to just tell parents like you, you can say no to good things because a lot of these things are also really good, like all the activities. Um, but what I see in the students is it's like one thing after another, after another, after another. Um, and when maybe the best thing to do is to, you know, just go out in the wilderness and go camping or go to the beach, um, where there's all these great distractions from kind of the everyday activity and grind. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not even very concrete. But <laughs> yeah, well, no, that's uh, well, we're we're getting there. I think we're going down the right path anyway. Maybe okay. our listeners have some ideas about some things that you have done over summer vacation yeah. to help it to be a time of true leisure. What have you done as a family that just really introduced the uh, a new dimension to your family life, to your spiritual life, giving you a lot of life and rejuvenation as you sought to make make time for leisure? What do you do, whether that's taking a vacation or it's something you do regularly in the summer, maybe it's a barbecue in the backyard, whatever it is, give us a call. Let us know. 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149, or send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. Sister, I'm also intrigued because you've mentioned more than once now, you've mentioned both the influence of creation, of getting out into nature, and you've also mentioned art. Can you reflect a little bit about why these two things in particular are really helpful for us when it comes to leisure? Yes. I think, um, like, yeah, so art and, and, and art, music, you know, the arts, I think, again, they open us up to, to reality. They're beautiful right? And when we encounter beauty, whether it is um, out in the garden and in God's creation, um, seeing a sunset, um, seeing just a beautiful um, painting with all the vivid colors, listening to um, one of Bach's, you know, his cello suite, um, it's an encounter with beauty, right? And that's where um, we're encountering reality. Now, I have to say, though, that that's why leisure is so important. This, this attitude, this ability to see, this ability to hear, I think is foundational. So, like, we're talking about summer break, but, you know, what we do throughout the year kind of lays the foundation as well. Um, like an, an example, I um, beauty, art. Um, they're all opening us up. They help us to see. And that's another thing that, that Pieper says in the um, Only the Lover Sings, um, Art and Contemplation. He says, you know, man's ability to see is in decline. Like we, we don't see, we don't notice what's in front of us. And when we do, um, maybe the first or second time you're, you're forced like in a class or whatever to, to look at a piece of art or to listen a piece, to a piece of music you start to discover like this whole world um, of beauty and that 
uh, that draws out this wonder and awe. Um, an example, um, I remember in, co- in college, I went to Magdalene College out on the East Coast. And, you know, so we had a class and I, I think we were discussing the characteristics of beauty. And, um, you know, and I, I was major like pop culture. You know, I had every week I was all about, um, if anyone remembers Rick D's Top 40, you know, I had it all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> classical, and I sang jazz and I sang some classical, but my music of choice, you know, was pop. And I still love 80s music. But, um but in this class, talking about beauty, and I just the, I saw the passion of one of my professors. Um, he was talking about the Bach, uh, Bach uh, cello suite. I actually forget which one it is, but this particular piece. And it just, I was like, wow, he's really taken by this piece of music. And then he brought it in the next day and he played it for us. And to this day, like when I just want like an instant, you know, encounter with beauty, I will play that and I never get sick of it. Um, and I even like these images come to mind of, of beauty and nature, even as I listen to it. But you know what? I never would have encountered that if I hadn't been sitting in that classroom and hadn't seen his um, passion about it. Right. Um and so I think, yeah, so art and, and um, you know, contem- it, it leads us to contemplation, which, again, leads us to reality, you know, to yeah. con- contemplate truth. And, and that's our Dominican charism is to contemplate and to give to others the fruits of one's contemplation. So, you know, our whole life is about contemplating truth, contemplating reality. Right, right. Again, our spiritual director today, Sister Maximilian Marie Gerritsen, and she is leading us through a discussion on leisure and living well. What is the role of leisure in your life? How have you incorporated leisure into your life? How have you been intentional about that, even in the midst of a very busy schedule? Give us a call. Let us know. 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Or send us an email, innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. And sister, we had uh, an email sent to us by Adam, who just simply said, Horseback riding. That's one of the things that he does, apparently, which, again, I mean, I oftentimes that will obviously get us out into nature, at least to some degree. Um, but there's a little bit of a, of a reality about uh, uh, loping along on the back of a horse, too. Yes, yes. I love that. That's so true. And like, yeah. you know, a bike ride, you know, it's, it's about yeah. the bike ride, it's about the exercise, but you know, to go on your weekly bike ride and you start to see the seasons, the, the, the change of seasons, you actually notice, oh, my goodness, it surprises me every year. There's buds on the tree, you know, <laughs> and, you know, it's um, or the, the vibrance of the colors. So, um, yeah, they get us out. But I think, you know, then the, the other like the, the art, you know, it's a, it's a different experience, though, isn't it? Like you might be in an art studio and and doing the painting yourselves and it's draw that is that is contemplation in a sense you know and um that is true true leisure Mm. interesting great example it is it's a great example if you have ways that you are incorporating leisure into your life the things that you do to help uh, help you slow down and take uh, maybe take a good look at reality around you that bring you closer to the reality of God and who he is as part of your leisure time. Please give us a call. Let us know what those things are. 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Or send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. We're going to take another short break, but we'll be back with more right after this. Looking for a new job? How about one that offers you opportunities for spiritual, social, and charitable growth? Our sponsor, the Catholic Order of Foresters, is hiring new agents today. 
Visit relevantradio.com forester, an Illinois life insurance society, not available in all states. Back to the inner life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks to Nick Sentovich, our producer, and Sarah Tafoya fielding your phone calls, and our spiritual director, Sister Maximilian Marie Gerritsen, as we're talking about leisure and living well. We've gotten a few phone calls rolling in here, sister, so let's go to the phones. We've got Maribel who's calling in from Los Angeles. Maribel, welcome to the inner life. Thanks for calling. Oh, hi. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. Yeah, you know... I'm a, I'm a parent of two boys and you know, the, I live in LA. It's, it's uh, mm-hmm. right now, nowadays, it's a really tough, uh, uh, times. Mm-hmm. I, I maybe just, uh, in general, it's always been, but just being a mom of two boys, nine and four, and, you know, just, uh, living in a society that we live in, we just feel like we have to always be doing something and doing and going, mm-hmm. you know, from one activity to the next with our boys. But I find that when we try to, just, you know, relax them and calm them down a little bit and just take the, a day to ch- just not do anything. They're, they're a lot more tuned with what's going on at home. You know, at home, we, what we do, it's, we try to do like an R day. We call it an R day. I guess you can say leisure as well. Mm. So we call it an R day for like relaxation. So we, at least one day throughout the week, because they have so many other activities that we have going on for them, plus their school we just call in our day, like an afternoon, even if it's three, four hours. So we just mm-hmm. don't do anything. They, we just take a walk or we just kind of just relax at home after dinner and just, you know, talk with each other. Because I feel like in our society, that's highly needed just to kind of connect mm-hmm. and, and enjoy each other. And then at the end of our summertime, our summer, our year for school year, what we do do with our kids that so we've made it a point, my husband and I, we try every year, every end of the summer, uh, school or end of the school year, we just go camping, um, and we mm-hmm. don't take no one takes electronics except one adult just for emergency purposes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, we just connect outdoor hiking, biking, just connect with nature and 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 you know kind of make it like a an event where we're celebrating the end of the school year, but we're also just slowing down because of living in a society where we live now. It's almost like everybody's telling you you have to have your kids on everything there is out there, you know, from music, from soccer, from all these activities that are just endless. And it just feels like the kids do need that downtime to just process just who they are, you know, and where they're at at that moment and, and what's valuable for them, you know, besides just going from one activity to the next after being in school for, you know, six, seven hours. Yes, yes. I love that. I just I, I love that um, example that all of those ideas you put forth and you've been putting into practice. I think it's so important, um, especially when they're young, to be giving them these opportunities. And it really it is a, a huge sacrifice because that's not um, the the mainstream, right? And so I know parents, you know, feel that when they, when they do say um, no to good things, but, um, but be just being really intentional about your, you know, how your family spends, spends that time. And, um, and I think, I think it's, um, yeah, I, like, I can just imagine, you know, your boys and um, like, that's, 
that's no small task at a young age, especially for boys, to actually embrace, you know, that that whole concept, right? Um, and there are many situ- situations where uh, many families where that would be just, okay, well, good luck with that, right? But um, so maybe for those that, that don't have... Um, have not had as much success as you have had, which it sounds to me like you have, like you, you've been very intentional. But I think any, I think the more opportunities we give for, for our children to um, be creative and give opportunities to discover um, and to ask questions, it actually fosters that. And this comes naturally to them but it quickly kind of gets squeezed out of them by maybe technology, being exposed to too much technology or, you know, just maybe being shut down for, for things like that. But, you know, and that can be inside or outside. Um, and so I think it's great just to be giving a young, young children especially and older children encounters with um, Anything that can draw out wonder or awe, stargazing is great. Mm. So, yeah, I'm thinking like L.A., hmm. Um, but, or when you go camping, I'm sure, you know, up in the probably near Big Bear or something, and um, you, you go to the mountains, and that's, the, that's an encounter where the child, and this happened for me too. Like I remember like we used to sleep outside at night, my brothers and sisters and I, and and again, we are as modern as they come, you know, like I said, the music and the TV and everything, but you're under the stars and you're just trying to fall asleep and you, you start to like focus on that reality above you. Like there is this huge dome, you know, this this cosmos above you and something happens. And when that something happens, that moment of beauty and awe and wonder, you start to realize that, the whole world is like that and we just need eyes to see. Uh, and so you know, with your with your friends or spouse or your um your children, sometimes we, we do need to point it out to one another. And because we don't see our you know, a man's ability to see is in decline. I um another beautiful example, I think I was again out in the back and I was weeding and it was a little it was after um our night prayers and we had again, the retreat coming. So I was like, I just got to pull these few weeds. And usually in the evening it's silence and it's the time for contemplation and getting ready for the next day. And, and the sisters are really good at, at keeping that, that silence and time for prayer. Well, one of our temporary professors, she came back to me in the backyard and she said, sister, I need to show you something. And so I went to the front of the house and I mean, immediately I knew what she was going to show me. It was the most stunning sunset and the way the clouds were forming were amazing. And so she had things in right perspective, right? We have this, the rule and constitutions of of how we live our life and times of silence and places of silence. But what was really important right then and there was this amazing, you know, this beauty before her and, and she had this moment of awe and wonder and you want to share that with others. Um, and um, and we want to help others to see that beauty as right. well. And so I think that's what you're doing with your children there is giving them kind of have to create. You have to work in order to give those opportunities of leisure. Yeah. 
Thank you, Maribel, for the call. I love the intentionality that you uh, utilize in your family and with your boys specifically. I think that's a wonderful thing, as Sister said. And also, Sister, just to pick up on something else that you said is, you know, being present in the moment and having eyes to see. We got an email that came in from Michael. Um, he writes that he his initial reaction in listening to the show was that I don't have enough leisure. But then he says, mm-hmm. as Sister spoke, I realize that I have those holy moments every time I walk my dog. He says, I've been trying to leave my phone behind more often on these walks. And I've even started praying a decade of the rosary sometimes when we pass the prayer garden at the nearby church. I mean, I I think Michael's yeah. email is a fantastic example of how you, what you were saying of, of having eyes to see and being in the moment and saying, you know what? This is restorative, rejuvenating leisure that God has given me this opportunity rather than, oh, I got to get the dogs out on a walk. I haven't done that yet. You know, so there's perspective is huge, isn't it? Right. It's true. And, you know, we can drive ourselves crazy because now now leisure is just one more thing to put on the to do list. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, yeah, I love that example. I think it's just seeing that actually we I think most of us do. We value leisure and we do have those moments of leisure. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do need to protect it too and be intentional. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm grateful, Michael, for the email. Thank you for the, the, the spurring on for us to have good, uh, good eyes to see when we're encountering with leisure. And I think one of the things, and Maribel brought this up too in her call, sister, but one of the things that most of us battle is this idea of being so busy, um, like you said, sister, that leisure just becomes another thing to add to the list. But um, as uh, Dr. Naughton in his book contends, I know others have made this contention as well, that if we don't take time for leisure, then we're going to see the other parts mm-hmm. of our busy lives just start to erode, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, it's true. I think um, we're we're simply... We are made to have rest, right? Again, I think going back to Genesis, like it's actually in the it's in the order of things, um, and we just can't. Yeah, I mean, I, and I, I feel this way often. I'm burning the candle at two ends this week. I'm burning the candle at two ends, right? right. Yeah. I know difference in my prayer. I, I, we have the thing is like leisure is embedded in my life too as a religious sister. So I have every help every opportunity, you know, to live this life of true leisure, of true contemplation. But um, so it might look differently for my life. But I, when I sit down for our holy hour in the morning and my meditation, you know, is it like problem solving with Jesus hour, you know? Mm-hmm. And yep. when I start to do that, like, that's not a bad thing. Like, you know, yeah, in the chapel, working through things with Jesus, whether it's, you know, the schedule or the students or, um, you know, kind of the planning and all of this is for the zeal for souls. So it has a good end, but I kind of know like, okay, this means I need to take more time for prayer because maybe it may be like tonight. I'm probably going to, my challenge to myself is to take some time for personal prayer because I was problem solving with Jesus this morning. And, and, um, in sometimes you do, you have to kind of like pray, pray through all that so that you can get to that, that place where you can just rest right Mm -hmm. in, in, um, his presence and actually just listen and receive. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think Peeper makes that, that distinction too. Um, you know, our thoughts, the way we, that more discursive, um, thinking, um, 
that more rational thinking where we're kind of problem solving that, that's beautiful. That's wonderful. Like that's being a human being, right? We, he's, we have our God given intellect, but there is this place, this, this, um, where even that is like suspended where, um, you receive everything that is true and good and beautiful from the hands of our Lord. And, and we're not in control of that. You know, he gives what he wants and, um, all of these other, you know, even, you know, our, our day, it, it either makes that prayer possible, that type of prayer possible or not. In the end, it's a gift from him. Um, yeah. But we can, we can do things to make that, um, to, again, to give the condition. So, Sister, we have just about a minute left here before we ask for your prayer. But uh, I do want to, it sounds to me like what you're suggesting is that good, godly practice of leisure actually helps us to cultivate contemplative prayer in our own lives. Is that what you're getting at? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I might go the other way. I guess I'd have to think about that. But um, leisure helps us to be contemplatives, and then right. we'd have to find and talk about what it means to be a contemplative, but it's just receiving reality, right? But then also being contemplative and receiving the reality before us helps us to I would I would think also it helps us to live true true leisure and and right. the, the perfection of, of that the 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 perf, most perfect form and the purest form of leisure would be the holy mass right of worship and mm. and I think just to bring it full circle to one of your initial questions is we're made for worship we're made for liturgy and you can compare all of the vestments and the processions and the celebrations and the responses in mass. To, you know, something like at the at the football stadium, you know, there's a procession. I just one of our sisters, she made this correlation. Um, there's a procession. There's an attire you wear. There's chants. You know, we're made for for worship. <laughs> That's fantastic, sister. <laughs> really like it. Only, worship. only a little bit of time left, sister. But would you say a prayer for us, please? Absolutely. In the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's just take a moment of stillness and silence, place ourselves in the presence of God who's always present to us. Lord God, we thank you for the gift um, that you are. We thank you that you are present to us at all times and everywhere, and that you're constantly unfolding your beauty. Amen. Amen. May we receive this. Thank you, sister. Thank you so much for being our spiritual director. Thanks for joining us. Till next time, grace and peace.